In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is the camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome in. No Jesse Temple today. Back with me tomorrow to break down Saturday's practice. Uh, if you missed us yesterday, I thought a, a really solid show breaking down the practices, but also talking a little uh, about the recruiting staff and uh, the changes that have been made there as well. So don't forget to go back and listen to that. Uh, a couple of shows earlier in the week as well. We're getting to the end of the first, I guess this is, well, maybe tomorrow we'll, we'll mark the end of the first week of spring ball. We'll see. But uh, these daily shows keep on. I've gotten some really positive feedback on uh, doing these daily shows. So certainly appreciate that. And um, so rate, subscribe, review. Um, all right, let's get into today's show. As I said yesterday, just going to do a Q&A. Uh, it's kind of the little mailbag Friday, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's what we're going to do. That's what Friday shows are going to be here during uh, spring ball. Uh, got a lot of questions sent to me, and uh, we'll try to we'll try to get to as many as I can. Some of them I think have been answered, you know, in, in our previous show, but certainly some haven't. And I guess I'd like to, to we'll, we'll start with this one because I think we did talk a little bit about Tanner Mordecai yesterday, but this is from uh, Buckingham U. Burner. How do you think Mordecai has looked so far compared to Mertz last spring? Feel like we heard about Mertz being consistently inconsistent a year ago. I do not have, well, I shouldn't say I don't have that kind of memory. I do have the kind of memory to remember very stupid stuff, which certainly spring practice from last year would qualify. However, I did not remember exactly how Mertz looked. Uh, we didn't get to see all of spring ball last year, uh, but I did go back and look at some of the reports from last year, mine specifically, and, and trying to figure out exactly what Graham looked like last spring, what the passing game looked like last spring. And that's a great way to describe exactly what I went back and found. Consistently inconsistent. Some very big time plays. I remember I read through some of them. You know, I was hitting like 50 yard bombs down the middle of Chimray DK. And we saw the same thing from Chase Wolf to Keontes Lewis. There were a bunch of, you know, big plays down the field that we hadn't necessarily seen. And we obviously didn't see a ton of them during the year, anyways, as the, as the season went on. But there was also some maddening inconsistency with passes over the middle. Uh, guys, you know, throwing it high over guys, throwing it into. into areas that he shouldn't. Um, and there was a lot of conversation between receiver and quarterback last year about how to run routes because there were, there, there were allegedly, uh, changes coming with, with Bobby Engram. And there certainly were some wrinkles here and there. Um, and so they were still obviously trying to get it on the same page. Very, very similar to this year with Tanner Mordecai coming in. And obviously he's not the only new quarterback. I mean, all the quarterbacks that are taking reps outside of – Miles Burkett are new. I mean, Marshall Howe was, was uh, not here last year, last spring. So, and uh, obviously was here in the fall, but didn't get too many reps. So this is his first spring. But all these other guys, Tanner Mordecai, Braden Locke, Nick Evers, they're getting their first reps with some of these guys. And you have guys like transfers coming in, Will Pauling, and obviously C.J. Williams and Bryson Green whenever he gets on the field, and Quincy Burroughs, new guys. So there is there is some of that. I don't think I've seen necessarily the inconsistency that we saw last year. I don't think that there's also been a whole bunch of big plays and a whole bunch of things to write home about when it comes to Tanner Mordecai. Thursday was a much better practice than anything we, than the, the previous two, and I mentioned that yesterday. That if I was I was hoping he was going to do something because I feel like people were going to start questioning like why 
aren't you guys talking about Tanner Mordecai? Why has his name not come up? Why have you guys not mentioned that he's making these plays? And well, for the first two game, for the first two practices, he wasn't. Um, the offense really wasn't. And you know, we saw we saw a couple big plays on Saturday. Really, nothing on Tuesday. The defense dominated Tuesday, and then Thursday we kind of saw a little bit more of of Tanner and his his ability to throw the ball. And I think that comes with getting more comfortable with guys, more comfortable with practice. Uh, last year's practices, we didn't see the first three. So, like the, the what we've seen to this point, we didn't get to see last year. So it, it's possible that a lot of the same things that happened in last year's first three practices, um, you know, happened this year, and we got to actually see them. Um, I'm expecting things to take a jump here. Um, as we've talked about, Phil Longo has said, four, first four practices, install, f- next four, you know, uh, retooling and reinstalling, and then it's the, the second half of spring is kind of where you want to take a jump. And so we're, tomorrow is the last day of install, and then you kind of repackage it and go for the next four. And then over the last seven practices, you kind of see who you are a little bit more and I think because we got to see these first three, and we'll see tomorrow, we've seen kind of the building blocks of it. So it, I don't think it's probably fair to compare what we've seen from Tanner Mordecai to Graham Mertz, because Graham Mertz, to be fair, had been here for, that was that was his fourth spring at Wisconsin, around these guys, around this team. It's not a very fair comparison. So, But just in terms of consistently inconsistent, it hasn't been that. It hasn't been that. Um, he is He's been solid throughout there haven't been highs and high highs and low lows like there were with Graham last spring and obviously what were what they were with Graham throughout pretty much um, his entire career Matt asks how noticeable is the difference in quarterback playing competition with the guys brought in and how quickly the room was elevated we would think that would stand out I think certainly again three practices in and you I you know what I'm just gonna put that out there right now I'm not gonna say it again in the show it's been three practices, so take everything I have to say with a grain of salt uh, because of that. But it's clear it's clear that there is an uptick in talent. Certainly, throwing the ball wise, what you've seen from from Tanner Mordecai. Let's be fair about it. Graham has the arm. Graham had every physical ability. He had all of it. It just wasn't consistent, and it was inconsistent at the hor- at really bad times. Tanner has the physical attributes. He's got the running ability. He's got he's got all that stuff. So yes, elevated there. Braden Locke is an elevation from Chase Wolf. Would Chase Wolf be the number two quarterback at this point? Probably not. I think he'd be in a, a lot a competition farther down. Nick Evers is a ta- is probably the most talented quarterback they have. Like throwing the ball wise and running the ball wise, we're st- still trying to figure out exactly what's keeping him off the team reps because um, that kind of goes to Chicago Badgers question asking about still low reps for Evers we got a few more on Thursday but it's still not the number that you would expect from that guy and again I think it's just a matter of getting comfortable with the offense the same way that Braden, Braden Locke is and, and Braden Locke putting a lot of time in putting a lot of time in learning the offense and he's dude loves ball we heard from Jesse earlier when he did his story on Braden Locke when he transferred in that him and Phil Longo would s- sat there and they would like relate to the bus to go somewhere else when he came on his visit because they were just talking ball. He's a, he, he he loves football and that's all he, that's what life is for him. And it's and when you're entering a new situation like he is and like Nick Evers is, sometimes that's kind of how you have to approach it. So again, we don't know the reason why Nick Evers isn't getting the reps. We haven't talked to Phil Longo. We haven't talked to the quarterbacks. 
Um, we'll get to do that another week and a half, but that is kind of where you know the, the quarterback situation is. I, I, it, there's definitely an uptick, but it's still three practices. I knew I w- wasn't gonna. I knew I was gonna say it again. My bad. Malden Badger. He asks, uh, please explain more of the two three six defense that's like a three three five. For the current ones, is Bowler's lined up on the same side as Wooler? Bowler's is with the twos. Uh, CJ Getz is the uh, outside linebacker, and I put that in air quotes. Lined up on the line, and uh, we got to talk with the inside line uh, inside linebackers and defensive coordinator Mike Trussell earlier today on Friday, and he gave us a lot more information about that package. It's um, they call it the dollar. They call it their dollar package. And again, what it is, is two defensive linemen on the line, usually with one of them head up over the center. The uh, outside linebacker, in this case, with the first team, CJ Getz, lined up usually uh, over the tackle. And then you have your three, well, your two line, inside linebackers moving all around, those being Wumajang Meta and Jordan Turner. And then the extra linebacker there, essentially being able to play as an extra linebacker is Hunter Wohler, usually opposite side of where the outside linebacker is on the line. So obviously depending on the strength, or I should say the, the way the offense lines up, whether they're heavy one way or the other, which which strong which side is the strong side. So it's it, bowlers or gets are on the opposite side of where Hunter Wohler is. And then you have your five other DBs, the two safeties and Kamoi Latu and Travion Blaylock in your three corners with Hallman and Alexander on the outside and, and Jason Maitre at the uh, in the slot. However, uh, I thought because the, the questions were actually asked, uh, John went and said he's, he'd heard about the outside linebacker lining up on the line of scrimmage, but how are the inside linebackers aligning close to the line of scrimmage behind the defensive line, heads up over the guards? Mike Trussell was asked about that today, about the – uh, inside linebackers and their role in this dollar package. I want to throw his answer in here right now because it's a it's a good one and it explains it much better than than I can. Yeah, so sometimes you'll see us out there playing traditional linebacker looks. It looks old school where it toes it four yards, square stances, perfect football position. And there's a benefit to that. You're in great position and not cross over your feet, play square is strong. But then there's other times, other defenses, other situations where we want to be bluffing around. We want to be in more of a blitz stance. We want to walk up into the line of scrimmage to threaten the run through to the offensive line to, you know, potentially take double teams off of defensive linemen. So there's some benefits to bluffing around and blitzing out of those looks as well. And um, we want to have you have to prepare for both of those looks. So that was him just uh, talking about the inside linebackers. Uh, he was also asked about using the outside linebacker at the line of scrimmage and obviously Hunter Wohler and some of the safety-like bodies also near the line of scrimmage. And um, I think his answer there does a really good job just describing what exactly they're seeing, what exactly they're looking for, and and why they're doing that. So that's we'll throw that in here too. Yeah, so outside linebacker on the line, which we have seen a little bit in the past, I and mean, we have done a little bit in the past, the benefit of that as opposed to putting your hand in the dirt there's, there's a lot more ability to recognize formation, recognize how you're being attacked, maybe recognize and adjust to motions. Whereas if that edge guy has his hand in the dirt, you pretty much can key the man in front of you, and that's about it. So there's limited adjustments that you, that you can make. Also don't have ability to do different drops into coverage and things like that when your hand's in the dirt. Okay, Benefit to putting safety bodies 
at linebackers. It's a different speed than maybe the offensive line is used to when you're blitzing. Um, a little bit more speed and coverage. You can ask inside backers now to do jobs that the safeties are used to doing. Probably will be doing those types of things um, more often against spread formations or maybe passing situations. But what we can do is put different body types into positions that they're not used to practicing against, that they're not used to seeing on a daily basis, and use a different skill set, and, and, and then try to protect maybe the skill set that you took off the field with some of the calls that we make. All right, so those are the those are the two answers about some of the differences we're seeing in the front seven. I also asked about Hunter Wohler and why they think he's such a good person to put up there, and they talked, and Trussell talked about his IQ, his ability to react quickly. When you're at safety, when you're back off a little bit, you have some time to make decisions. You don't have to react instantly. When you're in the box, like Hunter Wohler is, you have to react instantly, and it helps when you have an IQ, uh, a football IQ, like he does in his instincts. And so that's why they love him up there. And he's he's going to be able to do it all, as we said yesterday. He's going to be able to do all. He's going to be able to get, it, get after the quarterback. He's going to be able to run fit. He's going to be able to cover. He's just, it gives, just the this system, or the, this system, this defense gives them just so much flexibility that they can pretty much do a bunch of different things with it and make it hard on offenses to know who's what, who's where, and how it's how it's going to happen on a regular basis. And we also, as I mentioned, we got to talk to the inside linebackers. Jake Cheney, uh, I asked him what intrigued him about his, his role in that dollar package, and um, he couldn't stop smiling. Here's what he had to say. If Coach Stress is watching this, you know, I hope, don't take my words wrong, but just, you're never wrong if you're decisive. You're never wrong if you're fast. So, I mean, that's that's a linebacker's dream. Like, you you can't mess up if you just stick to your decision and go 100% at it. And that's what I love about the defense. You know, I you see the defense all the time on TV. You see TC, uh, TCU run it. You know, you see Ohio State talking about running it. And, uh, you know, you finally get to play it, and you're like, oh, this is a real deal, and I enjoy it. No hesitation. I don't have to sit back and wait for people to come block me. You know, um, I'm 5'11". Uh, yeah, I would say I'm 5'11", you know, 230. And uh, I don't want some 6'8", Riley Mallman type person coming to try to block me. <laughs> and I have to sit back and try to defend him. And that's what I really enjoy about it. I can make the first move. You got to react off of me. So that's I love the defense. I love it. So you can tell that there's a lot of excitement around what they're doing defensively. I don't think it's the only thing we're going to see. I just think they have the ability to transform themselves into different things against different opponents, against different looks, against you know different weeks to throw something different at guys. They have that ability because of what they've done in the past and how well-prepared Jim Leonard had them on a regular basis. And they're smart guys. They know what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, I think it gives Mike Trussell just so much to work with in this group. Let's see what else we got here. Ryan asks, we've heard which receivers are playing with each team, first team, second team, et cetera, but what about where they're playing? I'm curious uh, to hear especially who's playing slot with the ones. Uh, Skylar Bell has been the slot with the one with the first team much of the first three practices. We got a little bit of a peek at Will Pauling in the slot and uh, certainly think that he's going to be a dynamic playmaker in there. The outside, the outside receivers, Chimray DK, and 
um, Keontes Lewis with the ones, C.J. Williams and Chris Brooks Jr. with the twos. So those guys have been on the outside. I don't know exactly where they, they like Bryson Green. My feeling is, and my thought is, that they're going to probably have Bryson Green playing the same position as Keontes Lewis, but that remains to be seen because we haven't seen him in the lineup. And that's obviously a huge what if, what you know, where where exactly and, and how exactly they could use him because we know he's obviously proven. We saw what he did at Oklahoma State. So as soon as he's healthy to play, intrigued to see where exactly he might be. I follow Badgers. He said, could we get some commentary on about the OG receivers are looking? DK, Bell, and Lewis. Haven't heard much about them in terms of big-time catches, but maybe they're standing out in other intangible ways. Thanks. There haven't been a, a ton of big plays. Um, I, I, when I was reading back through my Mertz stuff from last offseason or last spring, he was targeting DK all the time. DK was in the slot last year, and they were targeting him all the time. We haven't seen that as much. Skyler, kind of the same thing. Keontes has probably been the most targeted of them, and it looks good. Looks good. Again, I think these guys are going to thrive in this offense. Um, but as you as you would expect, a lot of the focus for <laughs> us is newcomers and how they're using new guys because I think that is usually the most intriguing for fans is, is how things look and how new guys are fitting in obviously the quarterbacks, transfer wide receivers and that stuff. So, But I think this is a good reminder to keep an eye on some of the other guys, and I certainly uh, will do that. Nick says, is Braylon Allen out? We talked about it yesterday a little bit. The, a little bit of an ankle injury. A little bit of an ankle injury. They're not going to hold guys. I, I shouldn't say ankle. I should say lower body. Not exactly sure of the injury. They're not giving out injury reports this spring. But he dealt with uh, the ankle injury and everything else last year and uh, the shoulder injury. So he was he, him and Alexander Smith uh, got dinged up, knocked into each other, and and now you're seeing kind of the uh, result of that. Him him being held out, and he does have things to prove. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily entirely vital that he takes part in spring, but this is not new, right? Like the, the injuries for him are not new. That's always been a concern. It continues to be a concern, which is certainly uh, unfortunate. Frank says, any kids you're surprised by at the lack of practice reps not due to injury still need to trim a few scholarships? Well, obviously, uh, Nick Evers would be the one, but obviously he's not going to, uh, he's not losing his scholarship anytime soon. So Spencer Lytle is a guy that has been sticking around and sticking around and sticking around. Uh, He was at outside linebacker. He's now playing inside linebacker, but we have not seen him barely at all. And, uh, you know, that's despite Jake Cheney being out. So that one is uh, potentially one to watch, I would say. Vito Calvaruso, obviously, as well. I don't think you're bringing in a scholarship kicker to uh, like, like they did with Nathaniel Vlacos if you're going to still have another guy, uh, a guy who's not playing on scholarship. So Vito Calvaruso certainly would be one to watch. Gosh, it's, it's tough. I don't, it, it's tough and it's unfair for me to sit here and say, this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy, not going to be out there. Without the injuries, I don't know how many reps Julius Davis would be getting, but I think he's proven that he's also not going anywhere. So it would be a situation, yeah. It would be a, yeah, again, not going to get into that. Let's see. Mm. There's, I mean, some of the young wide receivers are further down the depth chart. Vinny Anthony, it's it's been a little bit tough to get some reps. So uh, a guy who, you know, played last year, 
hasn't hasn't necessarily had a ton of look at this point. Gosh, uh, yeah, it's this is really tough, really, really, really tough to to see how it's all going to play out. They are currently five over, I believe. The last time I looked, five over in terms of spring or in terms of this fall. They don't have to be under. They don't have to be at eighty-five until the guys get here in the summer. Uh, I do expect guys to hit the transfer portal. Maybe there's there's some guys that I'm that that are getting reps right now, but also see the potential for playing time has has fallen off, and so they can potentially hit the hit, hit the portal again. I it's it's really unfair probably for me to even comment on guys that could potentially leave. I'm just giving you an idea of some of the guys that have scholarships that haven't really played a ton and also are pretty far down the depth chart as it stands. Uh, Rob says, uh, compare and contrast the current staff to the previous staff so far. Curious about access and availability. Well, as I think we made clear, the availability or the access has been uh, significantly more to this point in spring. You didn't get to see the first three practices of spring last year. So all three practices, we're going to see the next, you know, the, 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 the final, what is it, if I can do math, the final 12 here of spring. So the access there has been great. I know in talking to Jerry and uh, and Kelsey about the access with video and and willingness for the coaching staff to be involved and and all that, it's you know at a different level. A lot of that has to do with Luke Fickle and the trust that he has has in Kelsey. It, you know, we we last year we got very similar in terms of interview wise. We were getting similar access that way. It's you know you get a position coach and then you get to talk to some of the players as well. So that that really hasn't changed. I don't know what it's going to look like this fall. I'm sure they're probably still trying to figure this out. Um, but the I mean the the access and availability is increased for sure. We are much you know more in tune with what's going on uh, with uh, with the team. I think I I think. Now, it's not to say we know everything. There's always stuff behind the scenes that that uh, we don't see. But I do think. We've been we've been able to get closer, and you know, just with some of these other interviews. And I'm not saying we couldn't have done this stuff last year in terms of like interviewing the strength staff or or that type of stuff. It's just I think the interest there is certainly more than it has been in the past, and that's what comes with a new regime like the one that Luke Fickle uh, has brought in and the excitement that's around it. That people are interested in that type of stuff, and so we're doing that type of stuff. I don't know if I can't say we wouldn't have been able to do it last year. I, I suspect we probably would have, but this is just uh, just a little bit different. A little bit different, and uh, certainly the assistant coaches have been wide open and and willing to talk. And you know, I've seen Phil Longo on a bunch of different shows, and and obviously Fickle's done a bunch of interviews. So, yeah, it it, it is different. It's different for sure, for sure. Bryant says, "How have some of the early enrollees looked? I know it's early, but do you think guys like Declona or Braden Moore could earn significant snaps on defense this year? I think corner is one of those spots." I think corner is one of those spots because right now you have Alexander Smith and you have Ricardo Hallman. That's essentially who has played, you know, a bunch of snaps. Other than that, and then obviously Jason Maitre, who's uh, in the slot. Max Lofi played some last year as a slot guy. He's not playing right now due to injury, so they they don't have that experience. But when you look at the rest of the the cornerback room, it's like, why couldn't a guy like Jonas DeClona? jump up he's he's been running with the second team uh defense right now you know switching in with jason uh excuse me with uh, jace arnold they've been sharing time there we've seen a curry lied but those two guys have played they've moved Braden more from safety to the slot because they wanted to get him on the field 
I don't know exactly. I, I, it's real. I mean, again, it's three practices in. I I don't know if it if he could potentially earn significant snaps on defense this year. I think Jason Mitre is going to end up being the slot guy. Then again, at this time last year, I I expected uh, Clark, you know, to be the the slot guy, and he obviously dealt with injuries and, and never truly was able to to lock in and uh, be able to play a, a large amount of snaps. So I guess it's kind of irrelevant what uh, we see at this point. But I like Declona. And uh, certainly like Jace Arnold. I think they both have a chance to play this year just because of the numbers at that spot. So we'll see. Uh, some of the, I'm trying to think of some of the other early enrollees that uh, hmm, have stood out. Yeah, not uh, not too many. Uh, th- those the, the DBs are kind of ones that have um, certainly gotten the playing time to this point. Um, Badger Beatdown says, is Katie Akamele RB1 next year? I assume you mean 2023. Four, I am intrigued by his athleticism and his strength because he is built. I mean, it, for a guy that is just, what, in his second half of his freshman year, he doesn't look like it physically. And he's built. He can catch the ball. He can do all that good stuff. Probably a little early to sit here and say uh, RB1 next year. There there may have been a little bit of uh, sarcasm in that. or I, I think he's been pretty... Pretty solid, pretty solid. And I think I don't know what his role is going to be. I still kind of feel maybe maybe he's got a role on third down. I still kind of feel like it's Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, and Jackson Aker at this point. Now Braylon Allen is out. Uh, Jackson Aker left practice early on Thursday, so maybe Katie Akamelli's reps bump up. Julius Davis's reps certainly bumped up uh, during practice, and you know I don't know if they're going to want to run Ches Malusi into the ground here if Braylon and, and Jackson Aker are out for an extended period. So given the opportunities, he could find uh, a role right away. And so I think that uh, is certainly um, a possibility. And uh, Caleb Hunt says, why do you think Paul Christ hasn't released a thank you statement? Does anything about Paul Christ suggest that he would have ever released a thank you statement? I don't know how I, I, don't, I don't know how to answer that. You think Paul isn't grateful for his time? I think he is. I think he was extremely grateful. I think he was also hurt by the way things played out and the way things ended. But yeah, it, yeah. I, I know the question isn't like all totally serious, but there, there's nothing about Paul Kirst that would ever made me think that he would release the thank you statement. Just wouldn't. It's just not him. It's not him. So, um, you know, it is what it is. All right, uh, that is going to do it for the show today. As I said before, we'll be back tomorrow to talk a little bit uh, about what we see in practice number four. It'll be me and Jesse back with you tomorrow. Until then, you've been listening to The Camp.